some of you guys have been coming to Connect for like many months. Some of you have even been here for a few years. Like you were around at the very beginning, September 2016, when we first started this. And so over the, the, the years and months that have passed, we've gotten to know each other pretty well, right? But you know, there are still some things maybe that you don't know about me, and there are things that I don't know about you. There's always more that we can learn about one another. And there are some of you guys, and today's your very first service. This is the first time you've ever walked in the doors of Connect, and we want you to know that we are very, very glad that you're here. And so what I thought is, because you don't know me and I don't know you, or maybe we don't know each other as well as we could, I thought we'd take a step back today and we would go real basic for a moment, like before we get into this whole sermon thing, we would just introduce ourselves, okay? We would just introduce one another. And uh, yeah, so let's start off here. If you don't know already, my name is Dan, okay? And I'm gonna wear this little name tag. I don't know about you, I hate it when I go to a party or something and they're like, here, put on this name tag. It just seems weird and forced. And then it's like, should I use your name? Should I not use your name? It's helpful if I've forgotten your name. But you know, like, I don't know. I don't always love it when they do this. I don't, unfortunately, have enough name tags for all of you guys today, but I do want to know your names. So here's what we're going to do. On the count of three, you're just going to tell me your name. I want to hear it, okay? You're going to say it out loud. Ready? One, two, three. Hey, so good to meet you guys. (laughs) I can, I can guarantee you I heard each of your names and I will remember them. Okay, maybe not, okay? But if we're gonna get to know each other, we have to go beyond names, right? We have to learn more information about one another. So I could tell you that I live in Evanston on the north edge of Calgary. Anybody else live in Evanston where my neighbor's at? A few of you guys, good, good, good. Um, yeah, and, and I've lived here in Calgary for about four years. It's amazing, I love being here. A couple of weeks ago, I was in Oklahoma and I was um, speaking at a youth summer camp and all the kids wanted to know like, what's it like in Canada? Cause that's the way they talk. What's it like? in Canada. And so I, I was telling him, man, like, I don't know what possessed me to do this. I thought they would understand I was kidding. Um, but I was like, you know, in Canada, it's the craziest thing. They don't build houses out of wood frames or out of block frames. Instead, they've actually developed this whole amazing system where they use ice and like they build their houses out of ice blocks. And the front of the house has the normal like um, siding and the inside has drywall and paint, but it's insulated by blocks of ice. It's like living in an igloo. It's amazing. And of course I was kidding. And I thought nobody's going to take me seriously. The entire week kids were like, you guys live in igloos. That's amazing. Doesn't it get cold? How do you stay warm? What about your electricity? And I was like, oh, so just so you know, there are 400 kids down in Oklahoma and they think you all live in igloos. I'm sorry to have done that, but I live in Evanston in a normal house, not one made out of ice. Now, although I live in Canada, I'm not a Canadian. I'm actually an American. Please don't hold that against me. And you know, I couldn't help it. I was born there. Somebody just booed. That hurts. Um, <laughs> that actually hurts a little bit. Um, so yeah, I'm an American. I wear that label. Now you may not be able to see, but the, the American label that I've chosen to put on today is actually a gun. Cause that's essentially what, you know, that describes America. When I was at this summer camp in Oklahoma, I'm not kidding you. Every kid and adult was like, are y'all allowed to own guns in Canada? I'm like this, there's more to life than pistols. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, so I am an American 
But if you want to know a little bit more about me, you'll know that I'm a bit of a photographer. I'm a hobbyist. I'm not really that good, but I like to have fun. I like to take pictures, particularly to go out in the mountains and you can shoot like landscapes. The reason I love taking photos of mountains is because they never move. So it's like, you know, if you don't get the shot right, you can go again and again and again. And of course, you guys, the most important thing about me probably of all is that I am married to this lovely lady right here named Amber. She locked this down 15 years ago. We've been at this a while. And uh, yeah, so that's, you know, that's a little bit about me. But I told you I wanted us to introduce ourselves. I want to learn about you all as well. Now, um, I'm not going to have you come get a label, but I'm going to throw out a couple of labels. And if these apply to you, I want you to raise your hand. I want you to make some noise. And if they apply to a person who's sitting next to you and they don't claim it, I want you to point them out. Go ahead. This is the one time in church where it is okay to be like, "Mm mm-hmm, this guy right here, okay? So where are my athletes at? Who's an athlete in here? And you can define athlete however you want. If ultimate Frisbee is your jam, you're an athlete, okay? Yes, okay, we've got athletes there for sure. That's good, that's good. Okay, Um, let's see. Uh, Who's stylish? Who's stylish? You just know it? You love it? Yes, okay, we're pointing some fingers. That's good, that's good. Who's clumsy? Come on. There were more pointed fingers in that one. like this girl right here. Yeah, a bunch of you guys, you just identify as clumsy. You know that you are. Who's weird and proud of it? You like weird stuff? You're not ashamed? Right on. Yeah, you weirdos. Okay. Who's a leader? Maybe at your job, in your neighborhood. It could be on a sports team. I don't know. Okay, leaders. A few of you guys are. Great. Um, who's a criminal? Where are my criminals at? No, don't raise your hand. What? <laughs> I just saw grandma raise her hand. That was amazing. Oh, I love it when stuff like that happens. Yeah, okay, I'm just kidding. I don't wanna know if you're actually a criminal, all right? Now listen, like all of you, I have carried a lot of labels in my life. There have been a lot of things that have been used to describe me, words that have been spoken over me, names that have been said to me and about me. I carry a lot of labels and so do you. Some of the labels that I carry in my life are obvious and everybody knows about them. Some of the labels I carry around are hidden, secret, and I hope nobody finds out about them. Some of the labels that I carry around I got from other people. Some of them I've given to myself. I've told you guys in the past that I grew up really, really poor. That was a label I carried around for a long time. Like really poor. Not just poor in the sense that like, oh, I turned 16 and my dad bought me a used car instead of a new one. No, I'm talking poor. So poor that I couldn't even afford to pay attention. (laughs) Also food. I couldn't afford food. I was poor, you guys. I was really, really poor growing up. At various times in my life, I have been an all-star. Yeah, I have. I played baseball for 13 consecutive years growing up. Like, I love baseball. I was an infielder. I played all over the place. And uh, it, was, it was just a blast. 13 years straight in my childhood. And I don't want to brag too much here, okay? But out of 13 years, I was selected as an all-star twice. That's right. I'm an all-star. Thank you. Yes, I know. I'm very, it's just a joke, okay? Obviously, I'm not that great if it's only twice. I've been labeled confused in my life. Anybody else been labeled confused? I get confused when I try to do math, even simple arithmetic. I'm like, "Mm, uh, uh, give me that calculator, you know? I've carried the label of unbeliever around. 
I've told you guys before, I didn't grow up in church, man. I didn't start going until I was 16. And the first time I walked in and I was listening to the pastor preach, I'm like, you guys don't actually believe all this stuff, right? I was totally a non-believer. I didn't accept it. I didn't embrace it. Of course, that changed over time. And now I'm a pastor, right? I went from unbeliever to pastor. I went through a big transition. Life changed a whole lot there. A couple more labels that I've carried around. I have been the class president before, which is pretty sweet. Yeah, that was nice. It was in college for one year. I didn't get reelected, so I probably wasn't that good. And I have also been, or at least felt, invisible. Particularly when I was a teenager, you know, when I was in grade nine and 10 and 11, I was like, nobody knows me. Nobody sees me. I don't think anybody cares that I'm here. I don't have a lot of friends. I don't feel like I'm worth a whole lot. I really felt invisible. And I think some of you guys have carried around that label. And the funny thing is, this is one of those labels that we tend to give to ourselves. It doesn't come from others. It tends to come from us. I don't know what labels you're carrying around today, right? Because we don't wear them as badges on our chest. But I know that every single one of you walked in here this morning covered in labels. You've been labeled by your friends. You've been labeled by your spouse. You've been labeled by your enemies. You get labeled by strangers, by your boss, by your pastor, by whoever. Every single one of us carries around a whole bunch of labels. Some of these labels we wear proudly, we're glad to have, and some of them we try to hide. We don't want anybody to know that I carry these labels around. For instance... Some of you guys have been labeled as boring. Somebody told you you were just boring. I don't want to date you because you're boring. You don't ever do anything. You just want to sit around the house and watch TV. You're boring. I don't want to date you. Some of you guys have been labeled funny. You're like, oh, he's the funny guy. That's who he is. He is that funny guy. He's always making everybody laugh. Core to him. I mean, his, his identity is being the class clown or the jokester. Some of you guys have received labels like RBF. Somebody told you you had RBF one time. If you don't know what RBF is, don't ask right now. You have to wait till lunch so you don't curse in church. Some of you carry more serious labels, like disabled. And you're like, I know there's more to me than this, than my disability. And yet, I'm afraid that when people look at me, all they see is, is this particular label. Some of you carry the label of stupid. Somebody told you you were stupid. You don't believe you're stupid or you don't want to be stupid, but you've heard it. Some of you carry around this one, forever single. <laughs> I don't want to be, but I am. Some of you carry around this one, it says infertile. Some of you carry around this one, it says ugly. Somebody told you you were ugly or you're afraid that you're ugly, and so you carry that around. You know, you, you get all of these labels. And it's like, if you're not careful, these labels can come to define you. They can come to shape you. They can come to characterize who you are. Every single one of us, some of the labels you carry around are positive. Most of them are probably negative. And the crazy thing is God has a better plan for your life than for you to let every single person in the world label you however they want to. God has other things in mind for 
you. So if you're carrying around labels today, and every single one of us are, I want you to pay close attention to what the Bible says in Romans chapter number 12. Because I think this scripture has the power to peel away these hurtful, harmful, even sinful labels that we carry around, and instead to help us walk in our identity as the children of the Most High God. So Romans chapter number 12, we're going to read this passage here. It's just one verse. It's one little verse that we're going to read together. Listen to this and see if it doesn't have the power to set you free. Paul says in Romans chapter number 12, verse number two, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but instead be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. We're going to break this verse down this morning again, because I just think it's so very powerful. I want to go kind of in three sections as we work through it. And I want to highlight a few of the words that are used here in this particular verse. So look at the first part here. There are two words I want you to notice. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. This verse tells us there is a pattern that exists in our world. And if we're not careful, we'll all fall right into this pattern. We'll continue the pattern day after day after day. It is a way of living and relating to one another that is like the default. This is what we all do naturally and normally if we're just left to our own devices. And of course, this pattern is not particularly healthy or helpful. Part of what this pattern entails is our habit of labeling and categorizing people, of giving them names and descriptions that essentially just judge them and reduce them down to a handful of superficial characteristics, right? Like I am disabled or I am boring or I feel invisible. These labels, they tend to make us one-dimensional. They tend to describe us and dismiss us in an instant. Now, again, here's the problem with this pattern that we see in the world, because we're all doing it. Christians and non-Christians, old people, young people, men, women, everybody is doing this. And the problem is the more we participate in this pattern, the more we find ourselves conforming to the labels that have been given to us. The more often we accept and embrace the labels, the more we find ourselves looking through the lens of these labels that have been given to us. Maybe the principle is this, and man alive, if you could come to understand this, you would really, really start to be cautious about what you said about yourself and about other people. The principle is that the labels people give us will eventually come to define us. Are you with me? The labels people give us, and the people could be ourselves, the labels we give ourselves, they will eventually come to define us. I'm telling you guys, you know, the first time somebody calls you a failure, you'll say, what do they know? They're a jerk. I'm not a failure. Yeah, I failed this one time, but I'm not a failure. But if you hear that you're a failure two times, or by the time you hear it the sixth time, you know what happens? You start to say, maybe it's true. Like if this many people are saying it about me, maybe there's some truth to it. 
And so we accept that label, whether it's true or not. And what ends up happening is we, it shapes how we view ourselves. We start to look at ourselves through the lens of this label that's been given to us. The label itself becomes a pattern that we live out every single day. You can almost think of it like a self-fulfilling prophecy. If somebody calls you a loser long enough, if you internalize that language, guess what? You will start to live like a loser. That's just how we are. Our words have that kind of power. And so you've got to break free from the labels. You've got to take this verse seriously that says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. The pattern that says, oh, I'm this or I'm that, or I can't ever because, and I'm not good enough because. All of these labels are harmful. And they have the potential to get us stuck in a rut, in a pattern, so we miss out on life overflowing from Jesus because we have just embraced and accepted those labels. Romans tells us you do not have to buy into all those labels. You don't have to believe everything that every person has ever said about you. You do not have to accept every name that's been given to you. You do not have to embrace every description that has ever been spoken of you. Now listen, some of these things might be true, And maybe you do need to deal with them. If there are enough people in your life and they're like, dude, you look homeless, you're like a slob. Wash your clothes, take a shower, you know, all that sort of stuff, okay? I'm not saying that there's no truth in the labels we get, but we don't wanna find our identity in the labels that we've been given. I'm afraid too many of us had just come to accept the labels that we carry around. We embrace them as if they're true and we never stop to ask, is it really Is this how God would describe me? Is this the core of my identity? Because the people who label us, can I tell you something? They don't really have the right to label you. The people who label you do not actually have the right. I could ask you the question, who does have the right to label you? Who has the right to label something? It's not just anybody, okay? Not just anybody has the right to label something. How weird would it be if I came over to your house and I just started labeling everything in your house? I'm like, okay, here's the couch and the microwave and dog. That would be really strange, right? Because it's not my house. These are not my things. How much weirder would it be if I walked in and not only was I labeling everything, but I started passing judgment on everything. And so I'm like, ugly, cheap, out of style, extra. You'd be like, hey man, you can't walk into my house and start labeling and judging everything. You don't have that right. This is not your house. These are not your things. Get out of here. I'm just telling you, too many of us let people walk into our house, so to speak, start slapping labels on us and we accept them as if they're true. So this question, who has the right to label something? There are two answers and only two answers. There are only two people that have the right to label something, the manufacturer and the purchaser. Those are the only two people on earth that have the right to label something. Now, um, I played baseball growing up, but I assume this is probably also true of hockey. So let's take a pair of hockey gloves for a moment. Um, When you buy a pair of hockey gloves, they already have a label on them, don't they? 
The manufacturer has put a label on the gloves. So Mission says, this is a pair of Mission hockey gloves. The manufacturer has put a label on it. But my guess is just like in baseball, when you parents buy your kids a new pair of hockey gloves, the first thing you want them to do before they go to practice, before they go out in the driveway and start shooting the puck around, you want them to write their name inside of the gloves. So we know whose gloves these are in case they get lost or walked away with or anything like that. The manufacturer has the right to label it and the purchaser has a right to label it. In every single circumstance and in every single case, those are the two people that have the right to label something. Now, what's true of hockey gloves is true of me and you as well. The only person in the world that has the right to label you is your manufacturer and your purchaser, not your spouse, not your boss, not your frenemy, not your neighbor, not a stranger walking down the street who makes snap judgments about you. The only person on earth who has the right to label you is your manufacturer, the person who made you, and your purchaser, the one who bought you. Let me point you to these two verses here, Job chapter number 33. Scripture says this, for the spirit of God has made me and the breath of the almighty gives me life. You have a manufacturer. There is someone that has made you. You may not see the label, but you carry a label from the one who made you. He says, you're mine. You're my daughter. You're my son. You're my child. I put you here on purpose. Your manufacturer has already given you a label. Okay. Then we read in Galatians, or rather Colossians here, that Jesus has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and he's transferred us into the kingdom of light because he purchased us. He purchased our freedom and he forgave our sins. The only people, the only person that has the right to label you is the one who made you and the one who purchased you. God has done both. So you don't have to accept these labels. You don't have to conform to the pattern of this world. You don't have to embrace everything that's been said of you. Instead, you want to choose to embrace the things that your manufacturer and your purchaser says is true. All right, we're gonna move through the last two parts of this verse very quickly. He goes on to say, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, according to this passage here, God wants to transform and renew the way that you think about yourself, the way that you think about the people in your life, even the way that you think about God. He actually wants to transform that. God wants to peel away all of these labels. He wants to take them from you so so that you are not defined as boring or class president or funny or infertile or unhappy or rude. He doesn't want you to be defined by these labels because they were given to you by people who don't have the right. Instead, the one who does have the right wants you to carry around the labels that he's always intended for you to have. You can be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that these are not the things that define you any longer there are gonna be other labels that God has for you. Let me show you one more passage of scripture here, Galatians. So good, oh my goodness. Galatians chapter number three, look at what this passage says. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all of you have been united with Christ in baptism. Those of you who have been united with Christ in baptism have put off their old life and put on Christ like putting on new clothes. It's probably not too much of a stretch to say like, 
putting on a new set of labels. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Paul says here, look, you carry around labels and some of them are basic. Like, are you a man? Are you a woman? Are you Jewish? Are you some other religion? Are you slave? Are you free? Whatever. But in Christ, every single one of those labels has been wiped away. And you've been given new labels, labels that are true and good and beautiful and healthy. And you need to walk in those labels, not the ones that you've been given. Now, it's important that you recognize here, this passage says these new labels come from Christ Jesus. See, my fear in preaching this message is that you would get the idea that somehow I'm telling you, you know what? You just need to change the way you think about yourself. You need to have some self-esteem. And if you'll just stop believing the lies that everybody says and change the way, change your stinking thinking. If you would do that, then you would see yourself the right way. But Romans says, we don't have to change our mind. Our mind has to be transformed. Our mind has to be renewed. That is made new. See, the thing is, if, we, if we're not careful on our own, we'll pick at these labels our entire life, but on our own, we can never get rid of them. On our own, we will never be able to take away all of these negative words that have been spoken against us. Our mind, for whatever reason, it just latches onto them, it accepts them, it believes them and embraces them. So we need to be transformed by Jesus. We need to be saved. We need to be changed. We need to be born again. Our minds need to be renewed. Listen, you can come to church every single Sunday and you can listen to my preaching and it might help a little bit, but fundamentally nothing is going to change until you allow Jesus to change you, until you give your heart to him, until there is real transformation, until there is salvation deep down in your soul, you are never ever going to be free from all these labels that you're carrying around. It is in Christ Jesus that we are transformed and we are renewed. Again, some of you have been coming to church and you're like, Dan, it's like things are better and it's good, but I don't know, it feels like something's missing. You're missing Jesus. You're with Jesus people. You're in Jesus house. You're reading Jesus words, but you don't have Christ Jesus in your heart. That's what you need. It is in Christ Jesus that we find renewal and transformation, not in self-help, not in simply changing our minds. It is a a total renewal that comes from him. Okay, last part of the verse. He finishes this up by saying then, so if you do not conform to the pattern of this world, but instead you allow your mind to be transformed and renewed, if you'll do that, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. The truth is God has labels for you too. You realize that, right? There are labels that God wants to put on you, but unlike the labels that you get from the world, these labels are good. Do you see that? It says his labels are good. They are designed to build you up, not tear you down. They are designed to help you move forward into the destiny that you were put here on earth for. God's labels are good. His labels are pleasing. Other translations say acceptable, meaning the labels that God has for you are labels you would actually want. The ones that you've been given, you're hiding and you're like, oh gosh, I hope that's not really true of me. But God's labels, the things that he says, you're like, yes, I hope this is true. 
If this is true, I want everybody to know it because they are pleasing and acceptable. But it even goes one step beyond that. His labels are perfect. They're perfect. See, somebody gave you a label one time and you're like, well, that wasn't fair. I only screwed up one time. And yet here I am saddled with this label, right? But God's labels are not based on one night of regret. God's labels are not based on one negative word that's been spoken. God's labels are based on who he created you to be and who you are in him. His labels are absolutely perfect. So what are the labels? Man, there are a ton of them, right? And some of them are gonna be specific to you. So some of you are gonna carry around the label of mom and some of you like me are not, okay? There are specific labels that God has for every single one of us. But I think there are some general labels that would apply to every single person on the planet. What are they? I think the first one is that you're known. You're known. I think God wants you to know that he sees you. You're not here on accident. You're not invisible. You're not a mistake. You may have been rejected by people who were supposed to love you, but God knows you. He sees you and he knows you fully. Hey, that also means God knows all of you, the good and the bad. He knows the labels that are true, even if you wish they weren't true because you are fully and completely known by your maker and your purchaser. Now that might be a scary thing unless you also recognize that God says you are loved. Every single one of you are loved by God. You're like, Dan, I don't believe in God. So what? He still loves you. Dan, I I know I broke a lot of the rules in the Bible. So what? God still loves you. Dan, I'm this. Dan, I'm that. I was told that and I heard that. It doesn't matter. God loves you. Did you know the the book of 1 John tells us that God is love? That is his fundamental nature. He cannot help but love you. Not because you're always lovable, you're not, but because he is so overflowing with love, you are always loved by him. And I think the last one is that you're forgiven. You really are. In Jesus, every single one of us have received forgiveness of our sins. Now we have to accept that gift We have to embrace that label, I am forgiven in Jesus. But that label is available to every single one of us. We've all got regrets. We've all got things that we wish were not true of us, things that we know we shouldn't have said or done. And in Christ Jesus, we are known, we are loved, and we are completely forgiven. Can you imagine what life would be like if maybe if your family stopped using all of these labels and started acting like these are the only ones that matter. Can you imagine what a church would be like if instead of looking at somebody and saying, oh, he's a troublemaker or, oh, she's annoying or, oh, that person is so flaky. If we looked at one another and instead of giving those labels, we said, hey, in Jesus, you're known, you're loved and you're forgiven. I'm telling you, the way that we see ourselves would come into line with how God sees us. The way that we see others, the people that are sitting around you would come in line with how God sees them. And the way that you see God himself would change. You have that opportunity to embrace the labels that have been given to you by your maker and your purchaser or you have the opportunity to continue to walk out of here and carry all these around, but this hasn't gotten you far in life. This 
is what you need to accept. This is what you need in your life. Here's the bottom line, and this is it, I promise. Bottom line for today is you cannot accept what God says about you until you reject what the world says about you. You cannot, you cannot carry these labels and these. It's one or the other. You're going, if you accept these, you will realize that these are false. They're fake, they're unhealthy, they're superficial. But if you accept these, then you'll never come to believe these. You can't accept what God says about you until you reject what the world says about you. So I'm gonna close with giving you the opportunity to reject what the world has said about you and to embrace what God says about you, to begin a relationship with God through Jesus, to stop doing life on your own under these labels and to accept these. So I'll ask everyone to bow their heads and close their eyes. And hey, if you say, this is me, I'm ready. I want a relationship with God. I want these to be true of me and not those. Then I'm gonna lead you in a simple prayer. It's, it's just a, a prayer of confession to God. So you can even repeat these words after me. I'll give you the words, okay? Just say, Jesus, I need to let go of these labels. And I need to accept that I am known, that I'm loved, and I'm forgiven by you. Thank you for this new identity. Help me to walk in it every single day by your power and grace. I pray this in your name. Amen.